message is honor among us, honor among us. So this morning we're actually going to continue on in our series, The Ten, which is a series about the Ten Commandments. So we've actually covered four commandments. Have no other gods before me. Making no idols for yourself. Not taking the Lord's name in vain. And honoring the Sabbath. And we've actually spoken about some things. What does all of this mean in regards to me being a New Testament Christian? I'm not under the law anymore. I'm not under Moses' law anymore. What does it mean for for me to be a New Testament Christian? So those four commands actually all have to do, those first four commands actually all have to do with our relationship with God. The next six commands have to do with our relationship with other people. Because two things are greatly important in the scriptures. My relationship with God is of utmost importance, and my relationship with other people are important. Jesus actually takes up and sums up the entire law of Moses. And he says, if I could sum it up, love the Lord your God with all your mind and your heart and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he sums up the entire four commandments, love God, worship him only, and he sums up the second half, the last six of the commandments by saying, and love your neighbor as yourself. So today we move on to those commands. So if you could turn with me in your e-Bibles, in your uh, uh, Bibles that you have. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the seats in front of you there. And if you could turn with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus is the second book in the Bible. It is after Genesis. And we're going to be reading from Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to be reading in verse 12. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. So as we start the commandments that deal with how we relate to other people, we begin first with how we deal with one of the most important relationships that we will have in our lives. Because how we deal with the close relationships in our life will affect how we deal with others who we're in relationship with. So would you join me in reading? Exodus 20 verse 12, it says this, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And I'm going to repeat that again. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We ask that you would bless us, Lord Jesus, and that you would speak to our hearts and minister to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as I have said before, we are not under the law. We're not under Moses' law, but we're actually under grace. But we do recognize that there are some principles found in the Ten Commandments that are often repeated in the New Testament that should guide us in how we conduct ourselves in life according to our relationship with Jesus. So what does that mean? It means that if Jesus is in our lives, our relationships need to look different. Our marriages need to be stronger and healthier. 
Our bonds with our family need to be stronger and healthier. Why? Because Jesus needs to make all the difference in our lives. Jesus needs to change, not only transform our insides and how we think and our hearts, but Jesus also transforms our behaviors and our actions and how we deal relationally with each other. So before we begin and we delve into everything, we need to understand what exactly does honor mean? So as I begin to look at the command, I think that it's important to understand what honor means. We often use words so much that we fail to understand what the meaning of those words are. So I want to take a look at what it means to honor someone and then how we might honor our parents at the different stages of their life and of our life. So let's get started. I think, number one, it's important to understand that honor is personal. We see in the Bible that things are not honored, only people. It is something one person does for another person. We really cannot honor ourselves, although people have tried that. They try to appoint themselves with certain roles, certain titles, and certain positions without that role, that title, and that position being honored upon them. When you try to honor yourself, it really never comes across that way. It almost comes across as selfish and prideful. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 4, as the author is talking about the honor of being called to serve as a high priest, he says that no one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God just as Aaron was. So honor is only honor when given by one person to another. There may be times, however, when a thing or a place appears to be honored, like Moses honoring the place where the burning bush was by taking off his sandals because it was holy ground. But reality is, is the place wasn't being honored, but the God who made that place holy was what being honored. So honor is something that's personal. It can only be given by a person or God and received by a person or God. Not only that, but honor means giving preference. I know we live in a world that likes to talk about equality. Everyone being treated the same. Everyone treated equally. And that's, necess that's not necessarily an issue. But it's a tough one in our society. When we never want to seem like we give preference to someone over another person. But the reality is, is that we do. And we should. It's not something wrong. So we're going to actually talk in a minute about why we should give preference, honor to one person over another. But it's important to understand it's okay to honor someone. Sometimes we're so afraid of honoring someone above another because we don't want people to feel bad or for people to be offended. However, to fail to give anyone preference and to treat everyone exactly the same under all circumstances can actually be dishonoring to someone who deserves to be honored. Think about that for a moment. We esteem the role of the presidency of the United States. We do not look at the president of the United States as someone like us. Why? Because the Bible says that world leaders, leaders and kings and rulers are to be given honor. Honoring someone maybe for an achievement or an action can help sometimes spur someone else on to greater things as they see 
the honor that someone else has received. Friends, I am not an ultra-competitive person. But I also do not believe in participation certificates and participation awards. Because you remove the honor and the achievement that someone has gone so far to be able to achieve, you remove that. And what you do is you take away an incentive and you force everybody to be the same and on the same playing field. And there's now no incentive to improve. There is no incentive uh, 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 to get better. So honoring someone means giving someone preference over and above others. In the Bible, we see that the Apostle Paul tells us to honor one another above ourselves. And we see God declare in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, Those who honor me, I will honor, but those who despise me will be disdain. See, distinctions are made between people in the Bible. And we need to make distinctions and honor some people above others at times. Especially in regards to our parents. We're called to honor our parents by giving them preference above some other people that may be part of our life. Let me explain this a little bit further. I love each and every one of you who gathers here in this church. You all are special to me. Why? We advance the cause of Christ together, and Christ has entrusted you to me to be able to shepherd your life and shepherd your heart, and that's why you gather here. So I love each and every one of you the same, and I don't have a problem sitting down and speaking with you, but I'm going to tell you something. If I pick up my phone and I see that my wife is calling me, you better believe I'm going to pick up the phone call. Why? Because my wife made a covenant with me, and I made a covenant with her. And therefore, in that particular circumstance, in that situation, she is the one worthy of the honor of me giving her the preference to speak to her. You understand? And it goes the same way in relationships in your life. I don't expect you to leave or abandon your mom and dad because you want to come and hang out with Pastor Tom. Because they're important to you. I don't expect if your kids come into town that you would uh, uh, all of a sudden have to come out on a Wednesday night because your kids are in town. Well, go hang out with your kids. Go spend time with your kids. Why? Because in that situation and in that circumstance, they are worthy of the honor of having your time, having your preference, and having your attention. Makes a little bit more sense now than what I'm trying to say. Number three, honor is related to position. Sometimes we honor a person solely because of the position that they occupy. They don't have to be good at it. We don't have to agree with them. But we honor them. As Americans, no matter what political party you are affiliated with or not affiliated with, we should honor the President of the United States simply because of the position that that person holds. This doesn't mean that you need to agree with them on every single issue. But you honor them. Because the Bible tells us and we're told that we need to honor our leaders. We need to honor those who are placed in authority over us. First Peter chapter 2 verse 17, Peter tells us, show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers, meaning the church. Fear God and honor the king. In Romans 13, and I want you to, to imagine this picture with me for a second. Because I've seen some Christians get up on TV and just destroy the president and not destroy or tackle his principles or his policies, but destroy the character of this president. Wrong, awful, terrible. 
that somebody would choose to do that, no matter who is in office. And I'm going to explain why. These guys who are writing this book, these apostles who are writing this book in the New Testament are talking about honoring Caesar, the Roman king, the Roman emperor who would persecute them, who would destroy them, who, would, who, would, uh, 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 who attempted to disperse and dispel their faith. These guys are talking about honoring the guy that's chasing after them to put them in prison. We are nowhere near a situation like that here in the United States of America. And yet these men found it within God's word that the person that held the authority and the position to rule was worthy of honor. In Romans 13, Paul tells the Romans to submit to the authorities because God has ordained their authority. He goes on to say, this is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. And if honor, then honor. The position or authority someone has at times demands we honor the person holding that position, regardless of whether we agree with all of their decisions. I remember being an ROTC cadet before I was an officer in the Army. I remember being an ROTC cadet. And I remember being in a classroom, and there was a sergeant that would teach us our lessons. We would learn tactics. We would get lessons in citizenship and in government. And I happened to, we were talking about the Iraq War, the 1991 Gulf War, okay? And, and I was talking about the war, and, you know, I'd not been well-versed in this, so I came out and I said, it, they, they were talking about, well, Who's, who's the person who led this? Who's the person who led this effort? And I said, okay, no problem, George Bush. My sergeant stopped me. He corrected me. He says, President George Bush. In the military, you are taught to respect. Let me tell you how much you are taught to respect in the United States military. In the United States military, when you wake up in the morning and you hear the sound of reveille waking you up in the morning all over the military post, wakes you up bright and early in the morning, the very first thing that you need to do is stand at attention. And you need to figure out, when you move onto a post, you figure out where is it that old glory is, the American flag. And you stand at attention and face that flag. Same thing at night when taps are being played at the end of the night. You've heard taps before. We face the American flag. When there is a general officer that is on post, normally they'll drive in a black SUV. Their license plate is normally red with the amount of stars that indicate their rank. Guess what? If you do not stop right where you are, no matter what rank you are, you could be anywhere from a colonel down to a private. If you don't stop and salute that vehicle, you're going to get chewed out. Because we believe in a culture of honor. The same thing, though, is true not only in the United States military. It's true in our family structure as well. We honor our parents not because they deserve it in their actions. Some of you looked at this this morning and you looked at this particular scripture and you said, well, my parents haven't really done anything worthy of my honor. My parents are terrible. They didn't, they didn't raise me the way I wanted to. They were abusive people. But, but we don't honor our parents because they deserve it in their actions, but because of the position they hold. 
So even when parents are doing their job poorly, we have an obligation before God to honor them and thus bring glory to God. We see that this command was actually taken very seriously in the Old Testament. Dishonoring your parents was actually something that was punishable by death. Exodus 21 verse 17, if we move on a little bit further, anyone who curses his father and mother must be put to death. They were serious about this stuff. They were no joke. See, in our Western individualistic culture, this type of stuff doesn't often resonate with us. We think that in order for us to honor somebody, there need to be a, their person and their conduct and their character needs to merit honor. But if you go to Eastern cultures, you'll find that there is a respect for parents and grandparents and there is a culture of respect for those that are older just for the simple fact of the positions that they hold. So honor is related to somebody's position. Finally, honor has to be practical. You cannot say, I honor you. And that simply be an act of honor. To truly honor somebody, it can't be lip service. This was actually the problem that God had with the Israelites in the time of the prophet Isaiah. They said they honored God, but their actions spoke otherwise, and God actually rebuked them. Isaiah 29, 13. Many of you have heard this scripture before. These people come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. To truly honor God or anyone else must come in practical, visible terms. Not just some flattery that has no meaning behind it. Honor is something that's practical. It's okay. So we see honor that's something that's personal, given to somebody. It can be preference over others. It often relates to positions, and it is something that has to be practical. Just can't be words without any meaning attached to it. So those are great principles. But when we're told to honor our parents, what does that look like in real life? And that actually really is a question that can be answered by, well, it depends where we are in life. And it's going to look different at different stages of life. So then what does giving honor look like when we are young? Giving honor when we're young comes through obedience. If you're a young person and you're still within the realm of your parents' coverage and you're still in their home, this is for high school kids, you're living at home, giving honor to your parents comes through obedience. We see Paul confirm the teaching of this commandment in the New Testament. And he talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on this earth. How does Paul qualify this statement? Listen to what he says at first. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. We're never called to obey someone with an action that is in disobedience to the Lord. I am a soldier. I made a commitment to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the American way of life. But if a commander who is appointed above me gives me an unlawful order, I will not execute. Cost what it will. As an example, we actually see the apostles talking about this. So it's okay. It's good for me to honor somebody. It's okay for me to disagree with somebody and to oppose somebody on their principles, on their behavior, and on their action. 
while still honoring them. The apostles actually disobeyed who, those who held government positions over them because they wanted, what they wanted to do was in disobedience to God. So the apostles are called into this big tribunal. It's called the Sanhedrin. It's the Jewish ruling uh, group. They're called into judgment because they're preaching about Jesus. They bring them before this Jewish tribunal. And the, the idea is that this Jewish tribunal is attempting to do everything that they can to shut these people up, to stop the gospel from being preached, and to shut this thing down. And they're threatening jail time to this. Here's how the apostles respond. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. They responded, we must obey God rather than men. So for a parent to be disobeyed in the Lord, it would have to be something that's clearly forbidden by Scripture. Like we're told not to seal something or not to engage in, in an abuse. In fact, in those circumstances, in those circumstances, we honor our parents by disobeying. So that they don't wind up getting in trouble for their actions. And we still fulfill God's will to honor our parents. But as a young child, our primary way to honor them will be through obedience. So, Pastor Tom, what happens as we mature? As we mature, circumstances change. We move out to live on our own. We get married. We give honor to our parents. And that's going to change as well. It's not necessarily through obeying their commands that we honor them anymore. Because we see that the Bible sees a change in circumstances when somebody marries. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 says this, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. So the authority structure now changes. It goes from mom and dad being the authority that needs to be obeyed to a mutual equal relationship between a husband and a wife. At marriage, we would now have other relationships that have a higher priority and obligation than that of our parents. But it still does not free us from the obligation of honoring our parents. It simply takes on a different form. So what does honoring our parents look like in this time? Giving honor when we mature comes through righteously living. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 24 through 25. The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave birth to you rejoice. As you mature and as you live on your own and you're out of control, of, out from the control of your parents, how you live reflects how they raised you. Honoring your parents when you mature means living a righteous life according to the word of God. It's interesting to note that at this point that there is a promise associated with this verse. For the Israelites, it was a promise to live long in the land that God was giving them. But actually, Paul took this, brought it into the New Testament, and adapted it for Gentile Christians. And he says that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, in the Old Testament, this is not the only time that this promise is given. It's also given for following the whole law. So why are following the whole law and the command to honor your parents linked by this similar promise? That's because parents were given the obligation to teach their kids the way of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 7 says this, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Parents were to teach their kids the ways of the Lord. So kids who honored their parents' teaching would honor their teaching by keeping the commands of God. 
those children who did not honor their parents would not honor God either and would not live their lives that reflected a righteous life and obedience to God's commands. So as we mature, we honor our parents by living a righteous life in the Lord. Now, parents of young kids, this should be something that also encourage you to take seriously your responsibility in teaching and raising your kids in God. And we know that all of our kids will make mistakes at some points in their life. But God also tells us, and he gives us counsel, Proverbs 22, verse 6, train a child in the way that she should go, and when he is old, he will not turn away from it. The truth is, is that we reap what we sow actually is a biblical principle. And it's a principle that applies to raising our children. If we don't train them up and teach them the ways of the Lord, we're going to bring hardship and dishonor to ourselves when they mature and they act in ways that are contrary to what God wants because they've never been taught. What we teach our kids when they are young to a large part will be reflected in how they live and lead their lives later. This means both the good things and the bad things that we teach them will be manifested whether we like it or not. I'm not a perfect parent. I'm not a perfect person. There are things that I say that I shouldn't say. I'll give you a perfect example. The other day I was riding in a car. A driver cut me off. I literally said this. I didn't say the other thing. I said, what the heck? My little kid in the back started going, what the heck? Then we, were, we went out yesterday. And she goes, what the heck? And her mom goes, I never want to hear you say that again. And she goes, where did you learn that? Dada. They learn from the good and the bad things. Whether we like it or not, they're like a canary. They are like birds that sing. Parents, I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories from our children's ministry workers of your kids shouting you out. It's important, it's important that we reflect a testimony to our children so that they can learn God's ways. There's an actually an old song, maybe some of you will know it. It's a classic song. It's called The Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapman. And the song is very interesting. It's actually about a dad who has a son and really doesn't have a lot of time to be around his son because there are planes to catch and bills to pay. But regardless of that, the little boy loved his father and would say, I'm going to be just like you, dad. Most kids love and look to their parents as an example of how to live their life. You are modeling to them how to live. That's why the way they live later is a reflection of you. By the end of the song, the father realizes that even though he did not make much time to be around teaching his son, he was still teaching his son. And even though it was not what the dad wanted to teach him. And the song ends like this with the dad saying, I've long since retired and my son moved away. I called him up just the other day. And I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle. The kids got a flu. It's sure been nice talking to you, Dad. It's sure been nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he'd grown up to be just like me.
my boy was just like me. We are teaching our kids all the time by modeling life for them. As we live life, they will see both the good and the bad. Make sure, parents, that you are teaching them the good. Because if we neglect that responsibility, we will reap what we have sown. So let's teach them well so we can receive honor as they live their life righteously. Now the last stage of life I want to talk about is not so much our stage as it is the stage of our parents' life. And how we honor them when our parents are aged. Giving honor when our parents are aged comes through giving care. Listen to what Paul tells Timothy concerning some of our family responsibilities. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3 to 4 and verse 8. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, listen to this, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repairing their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. So what, what, what's the advice that's being given here? Hey, church, if there's a widow among you and they don't have family, church's responsibility. If there's a widow among you and there's grandparents if, and there's grandkids and there's kids that are in the mix, the responsibility is theirs to care for their elders. If anyone does not provide, listen to verse 8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied his faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's the Apostle Paul writing. I just want that to sink in for, uh, for a moment. If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. We have an obligation as Christians to love people. And that love has to be manifested first in those who are closest to us. When our parents are growing older and they become less capable of taking care of themselves, we honor them by making sure that they are cared for. And this can take different forms for different families at many different times. Sometimes as parents age, they become unable to care for themselves. And we honor them by making sure that they receive the help that they need. This may mean, and I've seen this in different forms, this may mean taking them in to live with us. That may mean going to their place and helping them with needs that they have. That may mean hiring a qualified person to be there so that they are adequately cared for. That may mean moving them into a qualified caring facility that you honor them by making sure they're receiving the care that they need. Understand that at this stage, there are no easy answers, and the best way to honor your parents may not be the same from one family to another. But we are called to honor them. And as we deal with how we're going to honor our parents the best way possible, we need to also realize that we are modeling the care and honor that we will someday receive from our own children. So guess what? If you're not someone that wants to end up in a nursing home one day and you ship grandma off to the nursing home, what's the example that your kids are going to see? And I'm not saying that that's a wrong thing. I'm just saying the example that they see. If you're the person that moves grandma in with you, in your home, and you're taking care of grandma, what are your kids going to do with you? 
when you get older. They're going to follow the example that you have shown them. If you're somebody that's stuck grandma in a nursing home and you don't even go visit her, guess what's going to happen when you get older? Ain't nobody going to come see you either. If, you're, if your relative is in a nursing home, care for them. Take them out with you. Take them out of that place. They don't want to be in that place all the time. Take them out of that place. Have them enjoy a day with you. Visit them regularly every one or two weeks. Make, a, make an appointment to be with them so that they can see that you care. Because guess what? Your kids are looking. And you've just signed your ticket to wherever you're going to go later on in life. If you've shown them an example that you don't want in your future. The story from the Grimm Brothers fairy tales. And let me tell you this. If you don't make an effort to connect with your parents, guess what's going to happen when you grow up? If you don't, parents, if you don't make an effort to connect with your children, guess what's going to happen when you grow up? That same storyline of that song that I read you. You're going to desire to spend time with your kid because the job will be over and life will have slowed down. And your kids won't care to spend the time with you because you have not fostered the importance of spending time with you in their life. And they'll turn away to more important things. And you'll be on the back burner of life because you did not instruct and teach them. How many of you heard of the Brothers Grimm? They're, they they wrote fairy tales. Some of the fairy tales are very grim. Some of the stories that you see in Disney movies are some of the fairy tales that they wrote, but with a positive twist on them. But they actually write a fairy tale, The Brothers Grimm, about a grandfather and his grandson. And it illustrates how vital it is that we honor our parents through our care. Listen to this. And this is the only time I will ever say this. Don't get used to this. Once upon a time, <laughs> there was a very, very old man, and his eyes had grown dim, and his ears deaf, and his knees shook. And when he sat at that table, he could scarcely hold a spoon. And he spilled soup on the tablecloth, and beside that, some of his soup would run back out of his mouth. And his son and his son's wife were disgusted with this. And so finally they made the old grandfather sit in the corner behind the stove. And when they gave him his food in an earthenware bowl, and not enough at that, he sat there looking sadly at the table, his eyes growing moist. One day his shaking hands could not hold the bowl, and it fell to the ground and broke. And the young woman scolded, but he said not a word. He only sobbed. And after that, they bought him a wooden bowl, and they made him eat from it. And once, when they were all sitting there, the little grandson of four years brought some pieces of wood together and began to assemble it on the floor. What are you making? asked his father. I'm making a pig trough for you and mother to eat from when I'm big. The man and the woman looked at one another and they began to cry. 
they immediately brought the old grandfather to the table and always let him eat there from then on. And if he spilled a little, they did not say a word. We always need to honor our parents, friends. We need to keep that in mind. And as we honor our parents, we honor God. And as we honor our parents, we model how we ourselves should be honored as parents. And depending on our stage of life and theirs, the honor we give our parents will take different forms. It comes to our obedience when we are young. It comes to living righteously when we are mature. And it comes to caring for our parents when they are aged. Think about that for a second. Some of the examples, some of the behaviors, some of the things that you do right now in your life, you learned it. You learned it from other places. Maybe you don't even remember where you learned it from, or maybe you do. Some was from grandma or great-grandma and the way that they used to do things or the character that they used to have. Some of it was from mom and dad. Every night I make it a practice to lay down with my wife in bed, and I give her several kisses. I kiss her really quickly on the lips, really quickly. And we go to sleep. Want to know where I learned that from? My grandmother and my grandfather would do that every night before they went to bed. My grandmother and my grandfather would prepare one cup of coffee every night. And they would drink from that one cup of coffee together. Now, I'm not a coffee drinker, but what that symbolized, what that fostered in me, the strength of that relationship is something that I can pass on to my children so that my kids can see how much I love their mom, care for their mom, so that they too can learn to love their spouses and treat their spouses that way. The example that we begin to set now is of great importance. Parents, don't argue in front of your kids. I made that mistake. I'll be talking with Crystal sometimes. We're not even fighting. We're just talking loud because we're Puerto Rican. And, and, my, and my daughter's not used to it. And so one of the things that my daughter will tell me, Isabella, she goes, Dada, Dada, Dada. Quiet, quiet, quiet. <laughs> Why? Because she feels that it is an aggressive tone. She doesn't get that this is our culture of loudmouth people. She wants peace. She wants honor. And if I show her that, if you show your children that, if you honor your parents, and if you foster a relationship with your children so that they can learn to honor you, because honor is just not something that just comes in a moment, you have to work towards honor. You have to sow seeds towards honor. There needs to be an investment towards honor so that other people can see that you are worthy of honor. The honor we give our parents at different stages of life takes different forms. It comes to our obedience when we're young. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. It comes to living righteously when we are mature. And it comes to caring for our parents when they are age. Considering your circumstances in life and where you are in life, are you honoring your parents? Are you honoring your parents? 
Are you honoring your children, parents? Are you setting the example that they need so that they will honor you? Or are you setting yourself up to be the old man or the old woman alone in a home where no one comes to visit? Are you setting yourself up to be the funeral where no one attends? What are you setting yourself up for in life?